Jesus. The scripture reading for this morning is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Thanks be to God's word. I haven't even said anything yet. I know I'm in good shape now. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for celebrating with me in these past couple of weeks leading up to my ordination. It was absolutely a wonderful, wonderful experience. Thanks to those of you who came out to my party, who drove down to the ceremony. Um, for those of you who weren't able to be at the ceremony, um, this is the outfit I wore, so it's like you were there. Okay. Just pretend Joanne Lyon's running around being Joanne Lyon, and it's like you were there, just all the same. Um, but this morning, I just wanted to share with you, do something a little different and just share with you a little bit about my story and how I've kind of arrived at this place in my life and what's, what's brought me here. And, um, I know you have a little bio of me in your bulletin, so I know you've already got some cheat sheets there for you. Um, but as you were, have been able to meet my parents a couple of times, they were here last week, you know that I grew up in a phenomenal home. My parents are absolutely wonderful. They are working with Campus Crusade for Christ, Athletes in Action. And so we grew up, I grew up in a very Christ-centered home. I, I, can't, um, I can't even point to like a specific time where I had like some kind of conversion experience or really, you know, like prayed the prayer or whatever because for me, it was, it was just always there. It was always in our home. It was something I always believed. Like I, I can't think of a time when I wasn't, putting my faith in Christ, and, um, and that's just kind of carried me through my life to this point. In fact, I know today I called this my story, and I think the subtitle for my story could be that, that God's always been faithful to me in, in all situations. God's always been faithful. I mean, God blessed me, put me in a fantastic home with fantastic parents, and um, set me on this journey to just walk with him for all, for all of my life. And so I grew up um, in that situation. I went through Awana. So for those of you who have kids in Awana, I'm a product of it. You know, it works. I know that I'm an approved workman, and I'm not ashamed. So that's what Awana stands for, by the way, in case you didn't catch that. Um, but when I was growing up, one of the, the running jokes in my family was how often my dad would say to me, you know, Holland, you're so good at that. I mean, the way you just, like, picked that flower out of the garden, you could arrange flowers. Or, you know, Holland, oh my gosh, the way you just solved that math problem, you could be an engineer. You know, it, it just became a running joke as I grew up. We had this huge list of all these things my dad said I could be. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. It was like, oh, the way you just moved that, you could, you could be an event planner. You know, and it was like, oh, okay. So I grew up with this huge, huge encouragement from my parents, just knowing that, 
hey, whatever I wanted to be, the future was open, the possibilities were endless, that I, I could go for it, I could really follow my dreams, and I could do, I could do you know, whatever it was that God set before me. So I grew up with that confidence. And I remember um, back when I was born in Wisconsin, and we lived there until I was about 10 years old. And one Sunday morning, I was sitting in church with my parents, and I was probably eight or nine. And being eight or nine, sitting in church, I got really bored. And <laughs> so I opened my Bible, um, and I thought, okay, you know, if I start causing trouble, I'm going to get in trouble. And I didn't want that. So like, the one thing I can do right now is I can read my Bible. I can be sit, quiet and sit here and read my Bible and not get in trouble and not be bored, hopefully. So I opened the table of contents because, you know, I, I knew my Bible stories. I'd grown up in Sunday school and in church and everything. But I can't really say I had ever really read scripture for myself or really kind of been captivated by it for myself on my own. So that Sunday morning, I was sitting in church, I opened my Bible, and I didn't know where to start, so I just turned to the table of contents, because, you know, that's what they teach you to do in school. So I turned to the table of contents, and I look, I look through the table of contents, and I see this book, book called Esther, and I think, hey, I've got a friend named Esther. Why don't I start there? So I sat that Sunday morning, and I read the book of Esther during the sermon. I apologize, I repent, I did not listen to a word of the sermon. But I read the book of Esther, and that was the first book of the Bible that I had ever read for myself from beginning to end. And I remember that moment still to this day is very distinctly. Like, that's the moment that I think Scripture caught my attention. That's the moment I got captivated by it. There's a couple of statements in the book of Esther. Like, Esther to this day is my favorite book of the Bible. I read it over and over and over again because there's a few statements in there that just... Have, have hit me, that continue to come up in my life. And the first one is where, if you're familiar with the story of Esther, you know that she comes to a point where she says, you know what? If I perish, I perish. You know, whatever happens, I know this is what I need to do, and whatever the consequences are, it's okay. Because I know what God has called me to do. And leading up to that, uh, you know, her father figure basically said to her, you know, who knows that you've been called to this position for such a time as this? For such a time as this. And so as I, as I sat there that day, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I'm right here in this position right now, sitting in church, reading this book, for such a time as this. You know, I was eight, so it was pretty cool to think, hey, for such a time as this, that's where I am. But that, that thinking, that, that phrase, that continued with me, that carried with me. So throughout my life, I kept thinking, oh, maybe I'm here for such a time as this. Maybe I don't understand everything that's going on, but I know that God has put me here, that I'm on this journey for a reason, that I'm here for such a time as this. And it's been, it's been amazing to kind of have that in the back of my head all throughout my life. You know what? I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for such a time as this. And so that, that continued to carry, carry me through, and I continued to be captivated by Scripture as I read more and more and more. And then, uh, you know, I, I grew up, fast forward several years, we moved to Colorado, and I um, graduated from high school, and I decided to come out here to go to APU to attend college. So, you know, packed my stuff, moved cross-country, came out here to attend a Christian university something that was new for me. I grew up in a Christian home, but I had never been to a Christian school. And um, when I got to APU, I was absolutely just 
thrilled with these, this newfangled thing called Bible classes. I had never taken anything like that. I had been in Sunday school. I mean, I, I knew everything that I was supposed to know. But to really study it, that was fascinating for me. So I, I kept diving in. I loved it. I ended up adding a second major so I could double major in theology just because I loved it so much. And uh, then about, um, I think it was after my second year in college, I went home for the summer. And as you heard my parents share last week, you know, they run their summer camps with college students. And for the first time, I attended the camp when I was in college. I had obviously been around the camp my whole life, but that was the first time I actually registered and went through it as a participant. And at the end of the camp, they do, because it's a camp for athletes, which I am not, so I was a little concerned, but at the end of the camp, they do what's called the special. And I think it's funny that they call it the special because it should really be called like the most painful experience ever. Um, but it's basically a 24-hour straight competition. You start at noon one day and basically end on noon the next day. And depending on how well you do, you might get three or four hours of sleep. If your team's ahead, you get to sleep a little bit longer. So it's a pretty grueling competition. You go through every sport that there is. The point of it is because they've got these athletes there, so the point of it is to get them to a place where they recognize they need God to keep going. Because if you've, met, if you've ever been around athletes, a lot of them are pretty confident in their own abilities and stuff like that. So I went through the special. The very first event, right as we're starting off, very first event is Ultimate Frisbee. I roll my ankle in a divot in the grass. And I'm like, I'm walking away kind of going like, that kind of hurt. And you do it in teams, and so I'm telling my team, like, hey, I, I think I hurt my ankle. And they're like, well, you're still walking around, so why are you complaining about it? Like, what, I, don't, I don't understand. So I just kind of went, well, okay. And I kept going, and a couple events later, I had the trainer there tape up my ankle so that I wouldn't hurt it further. But I thought, ah, I just kind of tweaked it. I'm fine. So I keep going. I finish the entire 24 hours of the competition, which in itself was a big deal for me, because at about hour three, I was done. <laughs> I, I mean, it, there, I was just, I wasn't going to keep going. But the experience taught me so much, because I can't say that I've ever been at that place where physically, I cannot put another step forward. Like, I, I, I can't keep going, because I was literally at that point where it was like, there's nothing in me that's able to keep going. I cannot move my foot and take one more step and much less take steps, because then it was like athletic competition. So it wasn't just walking, it was running and playing basketball and swimming and everything. So. so the only thing that I had in that moment was God. And I just kept praying, all right, Jesus, you have got to get me to take this next step. I'm not going to make it without you. You've got to get me to take this next step. And you know what? He did. <laughs> I finished the whole 24 hours. I kept going. Found out later I had broken my ankle, that very first event. So I finished the entire thing on a broken ankle with Jesus by my side. And that was, let me just tell you, that's something I still am in awe over. Um, and to this day, my ankle, oh, let's see, how am I doing? Yeah, I'm pretty swollen today. It's still a lingering, lingering problem, but it's also a lingering reminder of what, what God did for me. He got me through it. And so every time I think about my ankle, it's like, you know what? God's with me. God's going to get me to take that next step. 
God's going to get me to keep going. And so I learned at that time that I can rely on God in a very physical and a very tangible and a very real way. And so then I, as I continued throughout college and throughout you know, the things to come, I started to realize that I could rely on God in all kinds of ways, not just physical ways, but in emotional and spiritual ways. And so I kept going, and I, uh, I studied politics in college, and I had every intention of going into politics. I had this great plan lined up for myself that ended with me becoming the president of the United States. You think I'm kidding. <laughs> it's funny. So I had this great plan lined up, and I'm growing closer to God in the midst of all this. And so I start to really, um, I start to really wrestle with some questions that had been presented in my life. You know, various people I encountered from different ways were like, Holland, you know, I just want to remind you that you're a woman. <laughs> and, you know, for maybe for you to be the president, maybe you could be like the vice president or, you know, or whatever. And, you know, people started to make those kind of comments to me. And so I thought, well, goodness, I really... I really need to investigate this. I really need to, to figure out, you know, is this something that God has really called me to? I started to really wrestle through what the Bible says about women. And I started off not even concerned with women in ministry because I had no intentions of going into ministry at all. So I was just looking at, is it okay for women to be in leadership? And I did a lot of study on that. I, wrote some, I actually got to present some of my research at an academic conference when I was in college. Um, and so I just really started to examine, okay, women in leadership. And my focus was, could a woman be the president? Because at the time, you know, it was before the Hillary Clinton, Sarah Palin thing. And that was my goal. So I was like, you know what, I got to make sure that if this is my goal, that it's okay. And at the end of all of that, I concluded that it was. I was like, you know what, hey. I could be the president, and that's all right. And um, so I thought, all right, well, good. I'm set. That's fine. Then as I continued on through life, I start God, that's a much longer story for another day, but God made it clear to me that politics and everything, that was not the direction I was supposed to go, as evidenced by the fact that I'm here today. And so I started to really question okay, well, what is it that I'm supposed to do? If, if that's not the direction, because I had this great plan lined up, I, had the, I was on the path, I was going places, and it was fine. But if that's not the way, God, then, then what is? And so I started to really think about, well, hey, what about this, this ministry thing that I've kind of been ignoring for my whole life, because that's not the plan. This is the plan. That's not the plan. And so then I was forced to re-examine Scripture again, and think, okay, God, what about, what about, you know, me being in ministry? Is that okay? And it was at that point that um, I was drawn to Psalm 139. And uh, you can turn with me there if you want. But in Psalm 139, uh, it says in verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I, I, I clung to those verses for a lot during a couple of years there. Because um, as I was wrestling through all this, I really was saying, God, okay, know my heart. See what's going on in here. And if I'm doing something wrong, just, just let me know. Just say the word. 
And so I continued in that. And it was about that time that I decided, you know what, if I'm really going to investigate, you know, this whole issue, I better investigate all of Scripture. And kind of a nerd like this. So I decided, well, started to, are we having a problem here? Okay, good. Started to read the Bible through from beginning to end. And I decided that I needed and make my own concordance as I was going along because I'm just crazy like that. Started on that process, and through that, I really, um, and in Romans 12, chapter uh, or chapter 12, verse one, one and two, it talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And in that process, I really felt renewed. I really felt that as I was diving into Scripture, like, okay, God. I'm being given a new, a new energy here. I'm being given a new direction, a new purpose. And so, so help, me th- help me through all this. You know, Help me figure out where it is that I'm supposed to be. And around that time, I graduated from college. And for those of you who are at the church at this time, you remember that I preached my first sermon at a pier. And um, as I was coming up to preach, Pastor Gordon said, you know, we're excited to have Holland here today. I hope she gets ordained. And I just kind of went, oh, well, there's an idea. <laughs> Never thought about that before. And as I, as I continued on, it was very clear to me that that's what God wanted me to do. And I didn't quite understand why at the time or what exactly that would look like, but I knew that that was something I needed to pursue. And so I kept going. I enrolled in seminary. I had no intentions of actually finishing seminary. <laughs> but I just wanted to start and take the classes because I knew that I loved it. I knew that I loved studying theology. I loved studying the Bible. I loved all that. So I enrolled in seminary, and I thought, oh, okay, so let's, let's, let's start this ordination track to see where it goes. So I registered with the denomination, started the process, and let me tell you, after one semester, I was hooked. I was in. I was, hook, line, and sinker, I was in. I, this is where I was going. I was going to finish seminary, and I knew it. And so I kept going, and just as I kept learning more and more and more, I realized, God, this is what you've called me to. You've called me to be a lear- lifetime learner and to teach. And I wasn't sure at that point, and I'm still, you know, discerning my call every day, but I realized, God, you've called me to teach. You've called me to teach the world, teach the word. You've called me to help people understand more about you. And that can take a lot of different forms, and so I wasn't exactly sure where I would go with that, but I recognized that that's where I was supposed to be. And that was kind of, kind of scary, so, you know, Jesus says teachers will be called to a higher standard, you know, and I was like, I don't want that at all. <laughs> Just keep me on the easy track. That's good. Um, but I realized, that, you know what, this is what God has for me, and I need to pursue it with the best of my ability. So that's what I did. That's what, that's what I still try to do every day. And as I've, as I've gone through... Um, I've really kind of refined what I believe my call to teach is. And I'm excited to see where God takes that in the future. I think as most of you know, I plan to go on and do doctoral work in theology. And 
help teach from a whole new perspective and um, pray for me as I keep going in that. And so let's see where I end up. We'll see where God takes me and all that. And I'm just excited to see where things go. But one of the, I would say one of the biggest factors for me in all of this process was all of you. When I preached my first sermon up here, right from this pulpit, several years ago, um, I didn't quite know what to think. I had never really heard a woman preach before, and I didn't quite know how it was going to go over and what was going to happen. And uh, after the service, a person from the church came up to me and said, you know, Holland, I wasn't really sure about this whole women in ministry thing, but I would come to any church where you were preaching. And that meant a lot to me. Because at that point, I still didn't know where I was going and what I was doing. But I felt so encouraged. And I thought, okay, here we go. God, I'm ready for whatever you have. And from that time up until now, you all have been a huge encouragement to me. And I appreciate all of you. Um, Especially um, you women who have a little bit more life experience than me. (laughs) You've taught me a lot. And... um, as I've gone through, I've, I've received a lot of negative feedback from various different sources on this path that I believe God's called me to. And most of it is from women, particularly older women. They're the, they're the people who um, have the most discussions with me. And all of you have been such an encouragement. It's been such a blessing, I can't even tell you. I can't even describe it. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. In the verses that Paul read for us earlier out of Hebrews, um, I think they're the close. I don't, people always say that they have life verses, and I don't really understand what that means because I like a lot of verses. But I guess if I had to pick a life verse, this would probably be it, this passage. Um, Because it says, you know, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And you all, each and every one of you here, you are a part of my cloud of witnesses. So I thank you for that. And as I continue in my journey, I know that, uh, I'm called to help people understand the cl- their cloud of witnesses around them, those who've gone before us all throughout church history, those who are around them right now, and those who will continue to be on that path with them. And so I'm incredibly thankful for each and every one of you. So thank you for that. And as I was uh, being ordained this week and celebrating, I was thinking about all of you and how I wouldn't be here without you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. I feel like I should clap for you now. Um, but at my ordination ceremony, um, Dr. Joanne Lyon was giving the message, and she, uh, she preached on 1 Peter, and one of the things she hit on was how 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says that you need to prepare your minds for action. And I loved that, because, I mean, I've loved that verse and everything, but I was like, yes, that is it. That's what I want to do, is prepare my mind for action and help other people prepare their minds for action. That's what, that's, what, that's what I want to do. That's where I feel God is calling me. And so I was thrilled to have that come up in my ordination service. It was absolutely amazing. And I know that as I continue on this path that I'm going to continue to prepare my mind for action and hopefully prepare others' minds for action. And so when I think back, look back on my story and, and my life and this journey and where I've been up to this point and where I'm going to continue to go, I just, I'm astounded by all that God has accomplished in my life. 
all that God has done for me and how God has been so incredibly faithful to me. I mean, like I shared earlier about my ankle and various things that I've been through that weren't necessarily fun, but I don't, I don't regret any of them. Each one has grown me in a different way. Each person I encountered who was a little bit resistant to me, you know what? Each one of those experiences made me grow, made me stronger, and drew me closer to God. So I'm thankful for every part of my journey. And as um, as I kind of think about wrapping up today, I would just challenge each of you to look at how has God been faithful to you in your life? I know God's been faithful to me, and he'll continue to be faithful to me. And I know that God is faithful to each and every one of you and will continue to be faithful to each and every one of you. So look around at yourselves. Look around at your cloud of witnesses. Look around at what God is calling you to do. Recognize that God is faithful in all of that and he will continue to be faithful in all of that. So that's my story. That's where I've been. That's where I continue to go. I would ask you to... Thank you for joining me on this journey and ask you to continue with me on this journey. Can please continue to pray for me as I figure out what in the world God's going to do with me, where God's going to take me. Um, but I would just love to wrap up this time by uh, ending with a prayer here. So if you would close your, close your eyes and bow your heads with me. Mm-hmm. Lord God, I am so incredibly thankful for all that you've done in my life, the incredible ways that you've been faithful to me, the ways that you've walked with me, this journey that you've brought me on. And I thank you for each person in this congregation. I thank you for the ways that you've been faithful to them, for the ways that they have blessed and encouraged me. And I just, um, God, I pray that as we go forth, that you would just continue to speak to, way, speak to each person here in ways that we, um, we clearly understand, Lord. We can see that we would be able to see your faithfulness in each of our lives, and that we would um, recognize all that you've done for us and all that you will continue to do for us. And I ask all these things in your name. Amen.